Hello, Tile friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. I am Luke Miller, a tile contractor here in California, and I love discussing the business of tile installation. Tile Money is brought to you by the National Tile Contractors Association, and my sponsor is Laidacree International. Now, today I want to talk to you about coverings. I went to coverings last week, and what a great time I had. And I want to dive into this subject a little bit more. I want to talk about my experience, the benefits of being a tile con, uh, excuse me, the benefits for a tile contractor by going to coverings, uh, what type of people I met there, and what value I saw, and how I'm planning on on seeing a return on my investment because it is a small investment to go to this show, even though the show is free. So um, sometimes I I feel like you know I'm talking to myself here. So I brought my wife on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So Hi, thank you, Vina, for joining me. Um, Thanks I, for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, the last time you were on, uh, a lot of people really enjoyed that episode. So well, it adds it adds uh, something extra to it's the... It's nice to have someone to talk to, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. And, and I do a lot of interviews with tile contractors, but I like to bring you on once in a while, and I'm glad um, you're willing to do it because it gives it another element um, to the show. So yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, cool. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. All right, so should I start drilling you with questions about covering? Oh, please do. <laughs> so what was your overall like experience at coverings? Yeah, yeah. So we got in, um, as you know, we, we, came, we went together. Um, we went in on, on like Saturday, got there Saturday night. And um, so my experience really started Monday because the show didn't really open up till Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my experience uh, started Monday because now that I'm a member of the National Tile Contractors Association, mm-hmm. um, any of the members are able to sit in on uh, what's called the membership uh, board committee meeting. And that's because it's a non for profit. It's a non for profit, mm-hmm. you know, organization. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all the members are, are able to attend um, pretty much all these meetings that they have mm-hmm. throughout the year, like the annual meeting and this meeting that I went to on Monday. Right. So what was that like? So, yeah. So that's really when my experience has started about Monday at three o'clock, as I, I if I m- remember correctly. So that really opened my eyes to um, kind of have an inside look on the inner workings of the NTCA and some of the things that are going on. And I was really, really, um, really overjoyed because here I was, um, it was my first time, you know, uh, there at coverings yeah. and my first time in one of these meetings. And, and it was just filled with contractors that I could relate to, you know, yeah. to my left, I started talking to, uh, Michael Weaver uh-huh. and he owns a, a two person installation crew and yet he's on the, on the board. So, oh. Um, so, so yeah, so it's just him and his partner companies like corporations that are part of it. It's like. Exactly. Just your average tile contractor, smaller tile contractor. Exactly. It's full of, of it. contractors who I would say the average is maybe four to six um, people inside the organization, the tile yeah. contractor um, company. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some 30 and 40 and uh, larger organizations that are you know involved within the NTCA and on these committees. But the beauty of it is, is there's a mix. Mm-hmm. So you don't just um, you know associate with people who are on maybe doing the same level of business that you're doing. You're also getting to associate with people who are doing 10 X what you're doing. Right. Et cetera. So I was really, really thrilled. So there's, so there's, so there's other guys you can just relate to immediately. And then there's other guys that you can learn from because they're bigger than you. Correct. Correct. That's cool. Yeah. So it was really encouraging. And so 
So from there, you know, the show's, uh, well, Monday night, I, I should mention, Later Creek uh, hosted a party, mm-hmm. um, kind of a, pre, a pre-party. Yeah. And we had about 40 people show up, uh, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. And we had some good drinks and association and listened to some music. And so that was really enjoyable. Um, yeah. And I knew I was in for a good time yeah. for the whole week. And that yeah, kind of set the gone. atmosphere for the week. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tuesday... Um, y- you know, um, well, first of all, Monday I got to sneak into the show. Well, not sneak in. I had a pass that allowed me to go in um, early. Early, and they were, you know, just like a buzz of work. Um, I, I posted a video on my IGTV account. Yeah. And so, just like people setting up and and the frenzy, you know, the day before the show, kind of like that final push. Right, there was a lot of right. work, so it was really exciting to to kind of get a sneak peek there. Cool. And then Tuesday, you know, I w- I walked in a little bit early and. Um, just just the transformation that took place in those 12 hours was yeah. incredible what they got I, done. I got to go through real quickly yeah. just for a few minutes, meet some people. I just couldn't – I can't imagine what went into putting all that up. I mean yeah. it, it was a lot, like full structures of right. like right. stone and everything being put up and – uh, that must have been a lot of work. Yeah, there Pretty was at cool. least one display that actually had a second story. I don't think wow. – I don't know if I took you by that one. Mm-mm. So just incredible. You know, the overall experience was a little bit overwhelming, but, um, you know. Overwhelming how? Like just your your impact, like so much information coming at you? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot, a lot to take in. So I yeah. was actually thankful that there was four days. Right. And I'm glad. I would encourage anybody who could to yeah. go more than at go more than one day. I mean, go four days if you can afford it and if you could be there for four days. Right, right. Um, because really, you know, you're going to be there. You're going to be there for parts of parts of those days because there's classes to attend. Mm -hmm. Um, there's things you might want to watch hands-on demonstration. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's people to meet and talk to. So really, you know, inside the showroom, um, you might, you know, you won't be there for all four days, eight, eight or 10 hours a day. You're going to be inside classes. Um, in some cases, you know, maybe some business lunches, things of this nature. Mm -hmm. And then there's networking after the show too. A lot there's of networking times, right? every day. Yeah, I mean, um, pretty you much. You were busy all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, some some of my friends, you know, went to several different networking events in a row. Right. Um, I I typically just kept it to one. I don't think I went to two in one night. But um, like you know, Lady Crete will have something. Schluter will have something. Mape, et cetera. So everybody right. kind of has something. Um, yeah. going on and like I said they overlap in some cases um, two or three a night so right. you kind of have to pick and choose which ones you're going to go to but you can't go wrong in any case um, right. they really these companies really go over the top um, they really you know they put you up um, in a good restaurant and drinks and right. um, the people the quality of the people that are there you really want to network with it gives you a good opportunity to talk because I know at the shows because I've been to trade shows where okay. I've had three different careers before right. and you know I know how they go and right. during the show you're just all you want to do is go to every booth and see things and see things new but you don't get a ton of time to talk to other people there so those after events are probably nice for just having time to actually yeah. talk to someone, yeah. talk to other people. Yeah, it really you know, reminds me of this quote I read earlier today. Uh, Albert Schweitz, Schweitzer, and the quote is, In everyone's life, at some time, our inner fire goes out. It is then burst into flame by an encounter with another human being. 
we should all be thankful for those people who rekindle the inner spirit. Mm, mm-hmm. And this is really important, especially as a contractor. You know, we're getting bombarded on a, on a day-to-day basis. And especially, you know, we're coming into like 10 years of, uh, of growth year after year. I mean, all of us are really busy. Yeah. We can lose our spirit. We can lose our zeal, our fire for this trade. Yeah. Uh, we can get burnt out. I mean, we're, you know, yeah. um, most of my friends do at some point or another yeah. get burnt out. I know mm-hmm. I've experienced it. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, being at this event, you know, um, coverings is a, is a chance to rekindle that flame. And, and we'll talk about some of the new things I saw and some of the, the, the people I talked to. But just being there with the people, I think, is, is, is one of the main benefits of yeah. going. Yeah. All right. So what benefits did you feel you got there that were specifically for you as a tile contractor um, that you feel are going to impact your business? Well, yeah, and this is a great question, you know, because everybody wants to know, you know, is this going to be a good return on my investment? Um, You know, like I said earlier, the show itself is free, but you have to get yourself there, um, put yourself up in some cases in a hotel. Right. Um, And you're also leaving your, your work for a week. Right. So, so I think there's really four main benefits that I want to talk about. And the first one I, I, we kind of already touched on, but I can talk a little bit more about it. And that would be the relationships you build. Right. Uh, The second one would be, you know, uh, gaining knowledge and insight on the latest tile trends. Uh, Mm -hmm. The third one would be um, gaining knowledge and insight in the latest installation techniques, materials, you know, Mm -hmm. what are the manufacturers putting out this year? Um, And then the fourth one would be knowledge of the innovative tools maybe and i'll talk a little bit more about this so okay. so just so to kind of relationship yeah so like, just to kind of build on what was already said um you know the relationships that i was able to build with um fellow contractors and the discussions i had are going to have a direct impact on my business um it's going to you know that alone will will have a return on my investment what, for what types there. of contractors were you running into there so the types of contractors i saw um we're, we're really, I, uh, I get a lot out of mentoring other people and, uh, it, it, for me to give back what I've learned along the way is so rewarding that I can help someone, uh, be better at what they do, uh, is, is, is very satisfying. It's very, yeah. very satisfying for me to know that, uh, being 41 years in the business that, yeah. um, I can give back. It's a changed industry. 41 years ago, it wasn't like this. And uh, it's gone light. The last 10 years has gone light speed. And <clears throat> I've had to keep up too. I mean, I, you know, it's yeah. like I told someone the other day, I'm not born with the knowledge. I've learned it along the way. I've had to seek it out and also I like that. learn that. So I like that. I, no one's born with it. You've got to seek it out. And you, you've got to play in the game too. I see. You know, speaking of knowledge and, and educating oneself, do you read or you're, do you have any business book recommendations? Uh, I, I do, uh, but I read, I mean, all the, I, I have about 30 publications come by my house each month that, okay. I, that I read and go through them all. I mean, some of them are just fluff and advertising, but I try to pick out that key story and read someone else's story okay. <clears throat> and where they are and what they've done and learn from that also. Yeah. But Tile Letter is my is my go-to uh, magazine, my publication that I read. And I still like the print version. Yeah. Uh, I do a little bit online, but I like to feel it in my hands and, yeah. and, uh, and breeze through it at my own pace. And uh, that's really, uh, you know, very satisfying to me to read that 
and uh, I look forward to seeing it every month. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the member spotlights. And like you said, getting getting an inside look on others' businesses. And that's well, that, really what I'm yeah, doing here. Yeah, that's the thing for yeah. me is learning about other members and their story. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, we all have a story to tell and just understanding and getting to know them better and how they got into tile. And, you know, the more I see is, the more I see it's not large companies, it's more bucket and trowel guys just trying to make a living. Yeah. And uh, that's the guys that really, that I... You know, I, I like that. I like that story. And I would like to help them along the way to put money in their pocket. All right. Well, I'd like to help you help them. Well, thank you so much, Martin. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy day here. And I know my audience is really going to appreciate this episode. So thank you. Thank you, Luke. You're welcome. All right, Tile Money friends. Uh, here's another Tile Money tip. And again, it is brought to you by Ron Nash with Lady Creek International. Ron, thank you again for joining me. And today we have the four modes of negotiation. I'm going to shut up and let you introduce this. Perfect. All right. So tip number two in the series, four modes of negotiation. Now, um, there's, there's a lot of different styles that people have and a lot of different ways that people interact when they're exchanging money or services or goods. Um, the goal of this tip is that we, we start getting mentally into a system of when we transact with others that we don't have a zero sum idea. Like if I give up something in negotiation, then they win and I lose, or, you know, there's just the wrong way to look at things. We want, we want you to help you guys get into a, a mode of thought, which is I'm very comfortable talking about, you know, giving concessions or taking concessions. And I want to figure out ways to navigate different modes. Okay, so modes of negotiation. There are four of them. Ready? I'm going to give you the four. Cooperative mode, competitive mode, organizational mode, and personal mode. Okay. Now, what does this mean? Let's start with cooperative mode and I'll explain. All right. So cooperative mode of negotiation should be a business professional or a professional's goal in order to stay with a partner that you want to keep for a long time. All right. So for example, let's say Luke and I were working together and um, we have, he's buying from me. I'm, I'm selling him setting materials. Let's just keep it real here. Okay. My goal is that I would create a relationship with him in a cooperative mode, which is we both win at the end of our deal. Let's say he's working on a on an apartment complex and he's going to do the shower systems in the whole apartment complex. In a, com- in, in a cooperative mode, I would be talking to Luke in this manner. How do we both win on this? What's the scope of the job? What are your mutual goals? Okay. Is there a way that we can work together that we have better deals as an outcome for both parties and then... Is there a better deal for both parties that we can come out with? Perfect. You know, so the idea is that both parties win in a cooperative mode. All right. This should always be our goal. The second is what a lot of people think that most of life is about, but that's not true um, on its face. But a lot of people immediately think that when you're negotiating with somebody, you're immediately in a competitive mode. Mm. Now, it's true that there is a principle of, you know, small bits of, of elements of competition in every single thing that you do. But ultimately, in a competitive mode, the goal on the outside is that one party wins and one party loses. Now, 
I would be lying to you if I told you that I wouldn't, I have never been into a situation like that. Um, that's not true. There are sometimes, especially when you buy certain goods, durable goods, and um, you know, you're in competitive mode. And in that regard, here's the tips that I would give you in order to survive. I have three different rules, okay? Um, one is defend your interest. You gotta, you gotta have your interest defended. Mm-hmm. Um, in transactional selling and in, 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 in tra- transactional purchasing, um, defending your interest is important. So there are three rules to help you defend your interests. Ready? Mm-hmm. Number one, shut up. In a transactional mode, being secretive about your pressures is really going to help you out. Okay. Yeah. And, and the more, and the less needy you can sound, the better you're going to do. Yeah. Um, number two, don't trust your assumptions and estimates. Okay. A lot of times people think, and matter of fact, I see this all the time is they'll say, well, they're not going to take this price. Well, that's a, there's a lot of assumptions tied in, tied into that. All right. Number three, cost breakdowns. If you're a buyer and especially if you're going to, let's say buy a car. Yeah. And, and typically that's a competitive mode. Buying a car is a lot of competition. The dealer is setting a competitive mode with each person that they buy a lot of times. Unless you happen to be buying a fleet of vehicles or something like that, then you might be able to get it to a cooperative mode. But typically it's competitive. So what do you want? If you're a buyer, always ask for the invoice. Always ask for the breakdown of costs. Always ask for those things. Now, obviously, if you're a seller, never. (laughs) And I hear this all the time, by the way. I hear people say, oh, my, my, my um, estimates, they're, they're totally open. They're totally, you know, I, I give them breakdowns of everything. I will tell you that over time, unless it's legally required that you do so, caveat, yeah. over time, a seller will do better by keeping packages rather than by giving breakdowns. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. Unless you are in truly a cooperative mode where you're, mutually buying things or, or, you know, whatever, but in a competitive mode, never give a break. Okay. Right. And then here's the last tip on the competitive mode. Always avoid or never, if possible, negotiate on a single point. And I'll give you what I mean by that. Hmm. A lot of times in a competitive mode, a buyer will ask, give me a breakdown. I want to see how much you pay per hour. And then they'll pull out that hourly payment, right? And they'll say, well, I don't think you should bill me $36 an hour. I think, I think you should bill me $32 an hour. Yeah. That is a, there's two, two rules that you broke there. Number one, you provide the seller with a breakdown, and then they pulled like a Chinese menu. They're yeah. pulling one little bit out, right? Yeah. And then they're trying to negotiate and chisel on that one little point. And I will tell you that that's, that's dangerous. Right. Um, so never negotiate on a single point. There's always something that you can in- increase the shape of the deal. Right? Okay. Organizational mode. Now, these last ones are going to be a little quicker. Okay. Organizational mode. Rarely does anybody negotiate with just one single person. And so there are four things that people happen that, that you need to understand. People rarely negotiate alone, even if you're selling to homeowners. Really, what are you doing? You're negotiating with a whole family, usually. The The... The mom of the situation has their needs and wants. The dad of the situation have their needs and wants in a, in a nuclear family. You know, in a, and you see what I'm saying? So you usually have organization. And if you're doing professional, like, um, 
you're working with general contractors, that's usually quite a thick organization. So it's very important. You have to look for um, your, make sure that you're dealing with the person that can say yes. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many people have done all this effort and work. And then the guy finally says, okay, well, let me get with my team and we'll see whether we can give you this contract. Yes. <laughs> it's terrible. So yeah, you, if you find out in front in an organizational mode, who's the power player? Yeah. Who can say well, yes? That can be very discouraging when that happens. I always try to say, is, are all the decision makers going to be there? If yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> or even said like this, who else besides yourself will be giving you input? Okay. And, sure. and it's a great way that you can pull things out without, without taking the face of the person that, you know, you might be negotiating with because a lot of times there are gatekeepers, you know, um, the decision-making tree is what I call that. You know, who's in the decision-making tree that I also should talk about. Never let anybody else carry your water. No one will carry your water like you do. So if you have a guy who's basically saying, don't worry, I'll sell you to these guys because I really like you. I always try to say, this is great. Is there a way we can get everybody together? Is there a way, because no one will carry my water like I do, yeah. right? Yeah. All right, subtle influencers in the organization are important to know as well. All right, so the final point of this particular one is the personal mode. All right, now, when negotiation happens person to person, it's important that you understand that people are, there's a, there's a theory called the iceberg theory, all right? So imagine an iceberg, right? Water line of that iceberg. On top, you may be thinking if this is, all this negotiation is about money, goods, and services. That's it. That's not true. It never is true. Below the waterline is what's important in a personal negotiation. So the personality of the person. Do you, do you, are you hitting it off? Do you have a good, a good relationship with them? Have you exchanged trust? Do you think that this person trusts you or not? Yeah, yeah I, I, It's really important. So what can you do to build trust? Yeah. Um, time constraints. Workload. Family events coming up. Hey, they got to get that shower finished because they, it's Christmas time and they have a bunch of family coming over. Oh, I hear that. That's important information. That's really good information, right? Yeah. Um, so all of these things, and, the, and to kind of end this tip, I want to go through it again. Cooperative, that's always the goal. Com competitive, I try to avoid that as much as possible, but I have to know that it actually exists. Mm -hmm. Okay. Organizational mode, are you dealing with the people in the organization that can actually say yes? That's important. And then personal, understand that everybody's an iceberg. Yeah. What you see on the surface is generally not the reason why they're in the room with you and negotiating. So you should do things to understand, one, which mode are you in? And two, how do I get to know these people better? Nice. All right? Perfect. There's your tip of the week. That's great. That's uh, that's good, actionable advice. And friends, we'd love to get some feedback from you. Uh, the very next episode, we'll have tip number three, the strategy of concession making. All right, Ron, take care.